Welcome back to the Voice of Hope. This is part two of Allison Gibbs telling her journey with Chiari Malformation in the month of September 2019. So as you listen to Allison's story, be encouraged and be inspired that nothing is impossible if you just don't give up. Shannon said, thank you for your vulnerability and sharing. Because it is hard sometimes to share your story. I didn't share my story till last year. And I'm much older than you. I'm in my late 40s. And I know it can be hard sometimes. It, it can be. Um, I think I was telling you that I've, I've shared my story bits and pieces here and there as I've been walking it for the last four or so years. Um, but I've never actually got to just sit and tell my entire story to someone. And, you know, when it comes to family and friends and people who don't fully get it, it's hard to sit there and tell them the story when they, they're trying to wrap their brain around it and they just aren't understanding it. Um, so it's different to tell it to people who do get it and can relate in different ways. Um, and it, it's, it feels good to be able to do that because I've been wanting to tell my story because I've this whole situation when everything started, um, I am a very God loving woman and I have just always prayed that if this is what he is going to put me through, you know, and if this is the way my life is, then obviously he's going to use it for good. And I just keep praying that he does. And every time I've prayed like, please use this so I can help other people. And next thing I know, I turn around and someone I know is coming to me going, Hey, one of my friends just got diagnosed with Chiari or this person at work or my aunt or whoever it may be like, Oh my gosh, I have someone who I know someone who has that. Can you help them? Because they can't, it's those people that don't know how to get connected to groups like I did. Um, so they don't have that support. And that's the first thing I do is I, absolutely please let me talk to them um I never shy away from that because even if it's not to tell them my story because I don't want to scare them um because I am more complex than some I don't ever want to freak them out but I do try to get them connected with other people like you know that's so important that can help them find the right answers and the right doctors where I did not that's that's so important because like from when we started talking, I can't remember now, it's been like a week and a half, two weeks ago, and you started explaining stuff, I was like, it made me think, oh my gosh, maybe there is some answers out there. And mm-hmm. uh, when you said what you just said to me one day on the phone, it really touched my heart because it's like, I never really got quite got that scripture in the Bible where God said for a long time, through your weakness, you are made strong. And I was like, I, I don't get that, how through all this stuff that I'm going through, it's going to make me strong. And when you uh, said that, it really hit with me because I have uh, actually two of these. And this scripture is in Philippians. And it's taught, uh, Peter wrote this in the Bible. And it's talking about, you know, him keep pressing forward. And there was, uh, 
or it was Paul, he had a thorn in his flesh, and that it never tells us in the Bible what that thorn was. And he always kept asking God to take it from him. And I was reading in that part of the Bible one day, he wrote all of these, uh, you know, talking about pressing forward and through his weakness, made strong, while he was in prison in sewage that was up to his waist. And I was like, wow. And uh, so I keep these, I, I have two of these, it says never ever give up, and it has that scripture on it that reminds me of that, because a lot of times when we go through this, uh, and, you know, I think what would have happened, because this year when I started telling my story, and I told my story on Monday night, I almost didn't do it. It was only the third time I'd ever told my story. But then it made me remember why I'm still telling my story. And I feel like sometimes God not only keeps us here another day, not always just for us, but to help others and help them through their journeys. Because this is some scary stuff. Yeah. And and it's so I true. It's, it, I believe in miracles, and like the one video I sent you, when you have a chance to watch it, of that young woman that was 26, she had a brain tumor, and she couldn't speak, she couldn't walk, and uh, you'll see if you watch that video at the end, she's saying, and she's healed, so I know nothing's impossible, and God can work through doctors, and you know, uh, I'm grateful that you know, I've met people like you that's rekindled that hope in me because, like, I've been going to doctors for years and years and years like yourself, and I just was like, yeah, it's a joke to keep going. It's just a joke because you get I've, to that, you know. I've met several people like that, um, and what kind of got me on this journey of telling other people is there's so many people that I've met that are like, well, they're frustrated with God because they're saying, you know, like, why would he put me through this? And, um, I, you know, we've, I think we've all, if we've yeah. all have had faith, we've all also have kind of had that struggle of not understanding, like, why me? Why, like, why something like this of all things Like, give me something curable? Um, and I would sit and I would talk to my husband about it and we would sit there and realize, you know, like God doesn't say, oh yeah, I'm going to give you an illness, <laughs> you know, like, but he does allow certain things to happen because he knows, I mean, he already knew that we had this, especially if it was genetic, like he made us this way, like that's, he allowed us to inherit that gene or whatever it was. But how it affects us, it's all about how he's using it. I mean, think about the knowledge that we have about Kiari now and the progression that we have made towards proper, you know, recogni recognizing what's causing it. Um, we're still not there yet. It's not perfect, and it may not be for a while. But from where we were, when I first started showing symptoms when I was 15, I am so glad to be honest, that they did not diagnose me when I was 15 and do surgery on me then. Because if I am this complicated, 
they would not have known what to do with me, and I probably would be in a wheelchair or worse. So God's got a plan for all of that. And that person that I'm talking to that doesn't seem to have hope, God put them in my life on that particular day to tell them my story of how he has worked in my story, which I didn't actually get to touch on. But when I went, okay, so after my first surgery was a fail and I went on my search for this next surgery and this next doctor, um, insurance denied me every single step of the way that I could not go see this doctor. Well, I was trying to get two different opinions with money I did not have. My husband and I have never been rich people. Um, We've always lived paycheck to paycheck. We work very hard for the money that we make. Um, And we're not poor. We're not broke. But God has literally provided everything for us. We could be on the streets right now, and we're not because of him. Because our health stuff is so expensive. Traveling to multiple different doctors all over the U.S. is so expensive. Um, I went to North Carolina. I think it was like $500 or $600 just to see that doctor that I didn't have, but somehow I was able to pay it. Um, I went to New York to see a doctor there. That was another like 300 out of my pocket, plus plane cost, hotel cost. Somehow the money I didn't have was there. Um, when I was trying to fight tooth and nail with insurance to explain to them that there is no doctor in Tennessee that will see me. The doctors they wanted me to see kept telling them, oh, yeah, sure, we can do that surgery, but kept telling me, um, no, Chiari 1.5, by the way, doesn't exist. I'm like, uh, by the way, it's existed since 2001, but okay. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I fought so hard, and I sat there, and I cried my eyes out, and I dropped to my knees, and I prayed so hard because I was like, you know, God, if you can create this world in a single day just by speaking just by saying it, you know, speaking it into existence, like surely you can get insurance to approve this if it's in his plan. So I had to realize that I, that's one, I've talked to people about control, um, about the things in life we can control and the things in life that we cannot. And Mm -hmm. one of them was that, like I had to stop and realize I have no control over that insurance company. I have no control on whether God wants me to go to New York or not. Maybe he doesn't want me to go and he's using insurance to keep me from going. Or maybe he's just waiting for me to have a little bit of faith in him and let him do his job. (laughs) So I prayed about it and prayed very, 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 very hard. And this, it still gets me. We had my parents telling me I should just reschedule. I had my friends telling me I should just reschedule because it was the week before surgery and they still hadn't approved it. Um, I even had the doctor's office telling me, like, if we would hate for you to waste your money, come up here and it still not be approved the day of surgery. And I told them, I said, oh, no, no, like it's happening. God's going to make it happen. And I will be on that OR table on Monday. And they did not believe me. Um, But leading up into that point I had watched God open doors so I knew what he was telling me I knew that I was meant to be there for that surgery I just had to trust him 
we had no money. Um, we had actually filed a Chapter 13 bankruptcy because of all of my medical stuff. Um, so paycheck to paycheck was not going to come up with 3000 to $5,000 for a trip that we had to make the next week. Um, and that was another thing that I had prayed and broke down about. And all of a sudden, I'm getting friends who are pitching in and helping. I've got the church all of a sudden pitching in and paying my bills. I've got um, my brother called me and he was like, oh, by the way, I'm going to pay for your hotel while you're in New York. He had no idea how much it cost. And it was the day that I prayed. It was Sunday morning before I went to church. I broke down in the shower and boohooed my eyes out and prayed so hard. And on my way to church, my brother called me or texted me and sent me that and said, you let me know how much it costs and I will write you that check and mail it today. And I cried all the way to church. (laughs) Steve was all emotional. He's emotional now listening to me telling it now. Um, Yeah. And (laughs) don't give away his secrets. He said, shh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we were supposed to fly out Thursday to get there so I could do pre-op testing. And it still wasn't approved. Um, Wednesday, the the afternoon, evening, before we... I, w- I was already packing our bags. Insurance called me and said they approved it. Because I prayed and I knew that he had already opened up those doors with the money and the, the an- prayers that he had answered. I knew that it was going to happen. And I had to tell everybody else. I was like, do not question my God. I'm sorry, but he's already given my ans- giving me my answer. And I know that I'm, this is going to happen. And I'm going to be there tomorrow morning. And... He opened that door and approved it, and he was just waiting for me to, one, let go of control, but also just trust him to do what he does best. Oh, gosh, so. that's so true. You so blessed me by telling this story because uh, you don't know this. I told this to only one other lady last week. You and another lady. I know just like so many people that's come into my life. So, hi, Angie, set of Walsh. Thank you for joining. Hey, girl. Thank you for sharing. Um, because I had been so discouraged, um, this other lady, I just started talking to the same day, I think, I started talking to you. And uh, she's going to be on the show next week. And um, I said, this is so crazy. And you're telling the story about the uh, going to this doctor, I had a dream about a month ago that there was this doctor and he was the sweetest man and I I knew what he looked like from the side, but I didn't see his face, but he was actually able, he was going to be able to help me in some way. And I woke up and I thought, I don't know, (laughs) you just, you don't know, you know, if that's just like you wishfully thinking. And uh, then when Kiari Week started this month, I had met you and uh, met this other lady, Carrie, and I don't know if she's still on there. And so I actually told her about the dream, and she's like, girl, we're going to find that doctor. we got to find that doctor. <laughs> and uh, I was, like, so discouraged during that week because I was just like, nope, nope not going to another doctor, because, like, I had went to a doctor two months ago, I told you, you're a neurologist, and it was such a joke, and uh, it was like, oh, yeah, you've got a little bit of, it looks like maybe bone spurs in the middle here, that could be causing some of the pain, 
Uh, so what could it be causing all this uh, dizziness, bloatiness, and visual issues when I look down, and just all this other stuff? Uh, no, no, no. But I, that's not your problem, but it's fine. It's fine. And so that's why I just said, just forget it. It's I am not putting myself through another doctor appointment at all. And so when I started doing Kiari Week, and I started talking to you, and the more you started describing stuff, I was like, oh, my gosh. And then tonight, you're telling this story. Thank you for sharing that. Because, see, you are a voice of hope to me. I bring people on here for others, and they are voices of hope to me. Because here, it's really hard. Because all my life, everyone's always come to me as the go-to person. I was always everyone's 911. And I always try to be positive to everybody. But sometimes it's hard when that person just, I lose hope too. And uh, so thank you. I don't mean to start crying so much, but thank you for coming on and sharing your heart and telling these stories because uh, it's hard when you went through this all your life and I'm in my late 40s, and I just think I couldn't even bear thinking even going through another surgery at this point or to another doctor because it they just you just feel like they, it's a joke sometimes. So thank yeah, you it's that. it's easy to feel like it's a joke, um, and it's. It's very easy to get discouraged, too, especially on the outside if you look healthy and you look good. Um, because I have my days where, you know, I'm actually hurting right now, but I'm still smiling. <laughs> um, because I've, I don't think a lot of people realize we learn to live with the pain so much and our pain threshold is so high that yeah. we can put on our makeup and do our hair and go outside and smile and have conversations with people, but be in excruciating pain all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like our pain doesn't look like their pain. Mm -hmm. So it's hard because people get flabbergasted when they hear that like my brain's in my neck and I'm a lot of people kind of freaked out yesterday because it was the first time that I had publicly mentioned me actually like my, my eyesight has drastically gotten worse since my last surgery. And, um, like we were talking about, I was losing hearing in my ears randomly. Um, and people were shocked by that so much, but it's, it's one of the things I'm like, I look healthy. I am, picture perfect health if you just look at me if you just talk to me but I think that's partly why doctors dismiss us so much and so it's easy for us to dismiss ourselves um, even though we know that we're feeling it it's that yeah but no doctor wants to help me the next one's just going to dismiss me because that's what the last one did um, and I've learned that I am extremely picky on what doctors I go see now um, I always, even with the specialist, I always have that fear because of the other doctors I've seen. I have that fear that even the specialist is going to dismiss me because maybe I'm too complicated. Um, but I've, I'm learning, I'm still learning to try to work through that fear 
because it's it's easy when you get dismissed, as you well know, and you've been dismissed a lot, and that makes it harder each time it happens. It makes it harder to fight. So the not wanting to go to doctors is completely understandable. Even when you're hurting so bad and people are just saying you just need to find another doctor, like emotionally it is very taxing and very hard. So I commend you for maybe wanting to fight a little bit more and maybe go see someone even better. Yeah, well, I give that credit to all you guys that come on here, especially this year, because, you know, it it really... uh, Welcome, Michael Benson. He was on The Voice of Hope about a month ago, and Michael has dealt with cancer pretty much most of his life, and uh, he's in his 50s, and uh, he's got a remarkable story, and he's still battling cancer today, and uh, he lives here locally, and uh, yeah, thank you for joining. It is so true when you've dealt with pain for years, and uh, he's so inspiring, too. It's, yes, uh, yes. Thanks, Anne-Marie. You're such a blessing to me, too. And uh, I appreciate all you guys that tell your stories. And a lot of you guys, you know, I know you haven't all told them publicly, but we've talked privately. And it is so important to form those support groups like you were talking about and get involved in a support group and, you know, get that support from others. And uh, I wanted to, before we ended tonight also we were talking uh i know you take uh some different things like you the mermaid juice you were talking about that has collagen in it i wanted Mm -hmm. to mention that because because collagen is an issue a lot if you have uh oh thank you michael he said you ladies inspire me also um thank you thank you um that when you're lacking collagen, you need it, and you said you had started that along with some other things that you're taking. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so my geneticist that I originally saw that diagnosed or clinically diagnosed me with EDS uh, mentioned several different supplements and different things that I should take to help, um, and one thing she told me was a collagen supplement Um, Now, she did say, you know, with EDS, some people find that it helps them and some people say that it doesn't. Um, I think it's a little bit different for everybody because obviously EDS is different for all of us. Uh, For me, I found that it works. It now it's not obviously it's not a fix. It's not a cure. It's not, you know, any of those things that but I feel like it does help me. Um, I've tried a couple different types of collagen because there's. There's a lot of different supplements out there, some that do like bovine collagen, some that do fish collagen, um, some that are chicken, some that are mixed a little bit. Uh, But I have found one that I call it mermaid juice because of the color. (laughs) But it's got but it's got like five different types of collagen in it. So it's like all the different good ones that you can get rather than trying to figure out, Okay, well, does this one work for me or maybe it's this one? And I think sometimes when people think that it's not helping, maybe it's just because they have the wrong kind for them that they need because our bodies, again, are different. So 
this one has all five in it. Um, it's actually a powder. It comes in like individual packets that you put in water and you mix it up and drink it. And the flavor, they call it Tropical Crush, I think. Um, but it tastes really, really good. And it's orange. <laughs> but um, a lot of people call it mermaid juice partly because, you know, collagen is good for your skin, your hair, your nails, you know, things like that, like long, pretty hair. <laughs> but yeah, for us, true. which it is true, but for us, it's it's more than just healthy hair and skin, as you know. You know, other people, that's what it would be for. But for us, it's so much more than that because it's our joints, it's our ligaments, it's our skin. I mean, it's everything. Everything in our body is made up of connective tissue. Um, so that's where you get it. Is I've actually, um, I'm a distributor for the company. I've been a distributor since 2013. Um, I was using different types of collagen until the company came out with this one. And I was like, well, because... I've been with this company, I might as, I, you know, I need to try the new product. Um, and the other collagen wasn't working for me, and this one was. So I love it. It tastes really yummy. You can put it in hot or cold. So sometimes I'll, I'll do it in hot water, kind of like I'm drinking a tea at night, and it actually helps me sleep better. Um, but there's, oh. I mean, there's a few different things. Um, they also, it's all of the... All of the products that I've used of ours, are it's all food-based. Like the company, it's all based off of food and nutrition. Um, and they grow their own farm, so they know where everything's coming from. Like things are freeze-dried, so you're getting the most nutrients possible out of it. And then they're putting these nutrients together in actually healthy, yummy drinks. <laughs> so they taste good. <laughs> and it's not necessarily like a pill to swallow because I don't like medicine. I don't like swallowing pills if I don't have to. Um, I avoid medicines if at all possible. I try everything natural. Um, so I do, it's greens. It does, it gives you like 35 or 36 fruits and vegetables and whole foods and things. And it tastes really yummy. But there's a lot of different nutrition there depending on what people need help with. Um, but the greens and the collagen are what help me the most personally. Well, uh, also, too, a lot of people there uh, that love information about it, uh, mm -hmm. once this is over, can you go back in the comments and leave, like, your information where they yeah. can uh, sure. reach you and stuff? Like Absolutely. Okay, mm -hmm. great. Um, so that's our what coffee actually has collagen in it as well. So if you like coffee. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So put your website in here in the comments sure. when you go back through. So people can contact you and we can find out, you know, more about yeah, it. That would be course. great. Of course. So I wanted to bring that up. And then Anne-Marie was asking, have you ever tried CBD? CBD? I have. I have. Um, CBD helps me with my anxiety that I get. I don't feel like it necessarily helps me with my level of pain. Um, and maybe I'm just not doing enough of it because it's expensive. <laughs> But um, now I will talk about medical marijuana. Um, it is not legal in Tennessee, but when I went to Michigan where it is legal, I did try it. My brother-in-law um, deals with some pretty interesting health issues as well, and it helps him. So he asked me if I wanted to try it when I was there, and it did. It actually took the edge off of my pain. Um, 
But the CBD by itself, I just don't know if I'm not doing enough of it to help with my pain, but it does help me with anxiety. Yeah, and you have to be really careful with CBD oil, too. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know this because uh, uh, you have to be... A lot of people get, like, the water-soluble, THC-free. It should have a little bit of THC in it. And the reason why, I did some researches on it because... uh, Also, I have a friend, I don't know if she's still watching... Uh, she had a reaction. There are some medications. Uh, I know clonopin is one. Uh, some of the NSAIDs like ibuprofen, Benadryl, certain ones, they, I think if I understand it properly, some CBD oils can cause your body from absorbing them the right way. Mm-hmm. So it can have a reaction. You can have a reaction. So it's very, uh, you have to be very careful to research the CBDs and make sure that you're getting the right one, depending on, you know, if you're taking certain medications and stuff too. And sometimes I agree. Educated on that, they can explain that to you. Mm-hmm. And because I had tried, I had researched a lot, a lot, a lot of that before. So that that's real important too. And uh, Shannon, uh, yeah, Michael said uh, he would be interested in getting more information on that collagen, too. Okay. So, uh, Michael, what she's going to do is she is going to leave her information here in the comments once our interview is over. And because uh, you have a couple people that's interested. And sure. uh, then you'll be able to contact her. And um, is it okay if they give you a friend request? or? Yeah, just... absolutely. Okay. So that would be Michael Benson and Anne Marie Snell, and uh, there may be other people that is interested too. Oh, and Shannon said, "How are how are you for sensory sound and light? Her babe's sound and sensitivity changed post surgery. Super sensitive to loud sound." And welcome, Melissa Kaler. Welcome. Um. So. Sensory, light, and sound, it has always kind of affected me, but not as much until after surgery, um, which actually I've heard is really common because the brain, I mean, affects so, 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 so much. And there's so many nerves in there. And when when your brain is trying to readjust after a decompression, it's normal to go through all kinds of sensory issues, mood swings even. Um, even personality changes can happen. It's very strange. Now, for me, I have my sensory issue days, but they're not every day. So I have days where, like, I can't stand for my little one to sit on top of me or lay on me or, you know, I have my days where my stepdaughter is a big hugger and she loves to hug me so much. And there are some days where I'm like, baby, I'm sorry, not today. Because I literally cannot handle it. It's like my skin crawls. Um, I, st- I still have those days. I'm having a little bit of one of those days today. Um, light. I have days where the light bothers me a lot. Whether it either gives me a headache. Or where if I see like headlights and street lights, They turn into stars. <laughs> rather than lights. Like streaks of light. 
Um, sound is a big one. Some days sound doesn't bother me at all. The kids can be running through the house being perfectly normal kids and it doesn't bother me. In fact, I'm like, I love the fact that they're running through the house giggling so much. And then there's other days where it seems like it's so much louder than normal when in all reality, it's not. I, it's the same way with TV and music. Um, it's, it gets so exponentially loud for me that it irritates me and almost makes me angry, which is not good, especially with children around. Um, and I try so hard not to get so overwhelmed, but it's really hard because it's like it's sensory overload. Um, so yeah, I absolutely have days like that to this day, still every day. So, and it kind of comes and goes, like it may not be all day, but there may just be a moment in the day for like five or 10 minutes where it just seems extreme and then it'll be fine again. So I don't have an answer for that one as far as like what causes it. That's true. A, a lot of us, though, Anne-Marie said she hates to hear that. I had sensory issues even before decompression. I, did, I didn't understand why. And mm -hmm. I still have had them afterwards. But just like Allison, mine will come and go. It's, there's no rhyme or reason to when it's going to mm -hmm. happen. And, well, and know. I'll be honest, I actually didn't have the sensory issues before I had any surgeries. Oh, so wow. those did, yeah, those did not happen at all until after my first surgery, and it just hasn't completely gone away. Wow. Well, see, I had some before surgery, uh, but after surgery, probably about five or six years after, I started noticing some difference, you know, and sometimes mine would be when I get in, bent when I was... Uh, when I worked for a talent scene, I was around talent all the time and people singing and the music and stuff all the time. I had to always wear earplugs. I had to wear earplugs because if I did not wear earplugs, it would just set everything into super drive. And uh, do you do that? I, I recommend a lot. I always carry earplugs with me everywhere I go. Does that help I've you? I've never tried it, actually. Um, now, I no, I did do it when I walked in, when I was walking through New York. When I was there by myself, I kept earplugs in. Um, but I have to be careful with that because keeping earplugs in could also give me a headache for some reason. Um, but to back up, I do remember the sensory stuff as far as not letting people touch me because my skin would crawl. That, actually, I've had for a long time, way before surgery. It was the light and sound that I did not have issues with until after. So I needed to clarify that because I just realized, like, wait, no, that wasn't completely true. <laughs> you know, memory issues. <laughs> I know. That's true. It's, I'll find myself remembering when I start to think back from childhood some of the things that happened in childhood that I forgot because... Like the, I can remember the hugging thing sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm a big hugger. And mm -hmm. I remember sometimes it would just, I could not tolerate it. It just would start to bother me. I didn't know I'd get anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand why. And then later on, I started to hear people who had those same issues. And sometimes the hugging can actually make my body hurt worse if I'm in an episode of flare-up. Do you get mm -hmm. that? Like if you're... Um, Flare and 
someone hugs you really tight because people always tend to go for the neck area. Yes. When they hug you. So I've gotten to where I'll, when somebody comes towards me, I'm like, uh-uh, go this way, you know, but they always want to go to the neck. And then if they hug me really tight, it's like it sets in, you know, pain and all that right in here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yeah. People have slowly learned not to hug me around the neck, but I still have to be careful because that's usually their go-to because I'm incredibly short. I am only five, I am only five foot and a half. (laughs) Like it's, yeah. So that's their instinct is to, because everybody's so much taller, it's just easier to hug you around the neck. Um, And they're slowly learning that to go for my shoulders and like a pat on the back. But, yes, on those sensory days, like, somebody giving me a hug sends me an overdrive. Like, I feel like I have to run. It's almost like I want to run away. <laughs> it's so bad. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard because when you have kids, kids don't understand how that feels. Um, unless they deal with it. And even then, they don't really understand how to explain it. So it's hard to be like, Mommy just really can't have you sitting on top of her right now. And... With a five-year-old who loves her mommy so much, she always wants to climb on top of me. <laughs> that is hard with kids. It really mm-hmm. is. I have, uh, well, I raised my 11-year-old grandson since he was little, and I have three other grandkids, and they're even real small. You know, Well, they're two, two, six, five, and seven, uh, two, five, and seven. And, yeah, mm-hmm. it's tough for them because they don't understand. Um uh, I was trying. There's a few more questions here. Oh, Melissa said she had decompression seven years ago, and she recently found out she is now 16 millimeters. They want to do another decompression surgery. What are your thoughts on that? Um, hey, Melissa, did your maiden name's Gibbs? Hey. Yes, <laughs> Melissa Gibbs. Hey. Yes, Melissa That's Gibbs. That's funny. Kayler, yeah, she can be your husband. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, okay, sorry, squirrel. Um, <laughs> so as far as that goes, like, I honestly would look at other avenues of why you're reherniating. Um, because 16 millimeters is pretty good. That's That's a decent amount. And so I would look at all of your other symptoms, all the other coexisting conditions that sometimes Chiari goes along with, and see if there's another reason why that's happening. Because another decompression isn't necessarily going to fix it. Um, If anything, it may do more damage depending on what's going on. So you definitely want to explore those other avenues and those other things and ask a million questions. And maybe, you know, my personal opinion, I would get... I would research the um, specialist, and there a lot of them will let you send them your imaging and send them your stuff, and it costs money, but they will give you their opinion on what is going on with you. Um, some of them you have to go visit and go see to get their opinion, and other ones they will do it remotely and either do a phone call with you or a video chat with you to discuss what they think and what their opinion is. Um, especially if, you know, before going forward with the surgery, I think it would be beneficial. That's a good uh, idea. I'm glad you explained that because I didn't know how you do that. So does it take you a long time to get, 
like a uh, to do it for them to do it remotely? Is there did it take you a, a many months to get a, that appointment set up? Um, for me, I mean, it took me about the same amount of time it would take me to get a regular appointment. Oh, so no long, yeah, so no longer than that. And you just play like a regular doctor visit. Does insurance usually cover that? Uh, insurance doesn't cover those, so you do have to pay out of pocket. Okay. Um, yeah. So I mean, if you're if you have the kind of insurance that would pay for the visit, then I think it'd be worth it to go meet them in person and talk to them in person. Um, my insurance would not pay for it, so I my one that I have next week is a teleconference. So he just calls me using this app that he's got. And you'll be and talking to him talk. like this. Yeah. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so Wendy Rabowski said she sent you a friend request. Okay. And uh, Anna said she knows she's asked a lot of questions, but she said, do you ever talk louder than you realize and people think you're yelling or whisper?" I've always been told I had two tones. Mine comes and goes. Um, yes. <laughs> Not so much the whispering. Um, but when I, and I don't know if it's a sound-related hearing thing or if it's just when I get excited, but my brother has told me that before. Not many of my friends have. Um, my husband hasn't, but he's louder than me sometimes, so... <laughs> He's asleep now, I think. He fell asleep on the couch. But um, my brother has said that to me before. He's like, do you realize how loud you are? Like, you need to quiet down. And so I've noticed, I've started noticing it about myself a little bit. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Melissa said, uh, oh, on Monday you had a lumbar puncture that had rare white and blood cells in your CSL. Oh, wow. We'll keep you in prayer, Melissa, that you find answers while it's going Absolutely. On. And uh, Marie said she agreed. If you have tethered cord and have the Chiari surgery first, it can cause worse hernia, hernia room, mm -hmm. right? Or it had mm -hmm. to be a big area of the skull taken. Yeah. Oh, Anna, Anna Marie said they always think I'm yelling and I'm not meaning to. I know you're not. You're sweet as can be, Anne Marie. Same here. <laughs> and I can tell Allison is too. So, yeah, it must just be a Kiari thing. I always say I have my own dictionary, everything, the language. <laughs> I always get words switched backwards. Um, something, I've done it since I was very little. My mom's done it, and my grandmother's done it. I think it's an EDS thing. I don't know if it's necessarily Kiari related because they didn't have Kiari. But my grandma would joke because she has some, she's got her heritage. She's got a lot of different things in her bloodline, but Dutch is one of them. And she's like, well, no one really knows how to speak Dutch. So I'm just going to tell people I'm speaking Dutch. Ah. So it's kind of, it's kind of the running joke in our family is because we get, we get words jumbled. Um, so I could sit here. I do it all the time. I actually do it more recently than I used to, which is very weird. But I just did it earlier today where I literally, in a sentence, I just flipped two words. I don't have dyslex. I'm not dyslexic. Um, my husband is. I'm not. And there's different forms of dyslexia where it's letters or numbers or words or things like that. But it's 
really random and I just literally like instead of saying like snow cones I'd say like cone snow <laughs> I do that I come out with some stuff I am Marie said she does that too and it's so funny I'm sitting here watching you do your hands like this you'll say I just literally flip two words and do like this I do that all the time with my hands and my grandson's like, is this new sign language? And I said, yeah, you've got to learn it. And when I say goodnight, I love you, we'll go like this, you know, I mm -hmm. love you. Yeah. But it's like I'm watching you with your hands, and I do that a lot. And I've seen other caring people do that a lot, too, with their hands. And I even noticed in interviews before, someone pointed this out. It was, my, I think, my son. While someone was talking, my lips were moving. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I remember my dad used to do that. And see, we don't know if he had Chiari because he died so young. Mm -hmm. And That's I knew so funny that had Chiari that said, oh, my gosh, someone told me I do the same thing. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is it's cool. But it's like you, you feel like you're in your own little family now. <laughs> You've met your yep. tribe. You've met your. Yay. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, Anne Marie says, she says, I have a lot of Dutch too. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Oh, too uh, funny. Melissa says she has a Serenix. Yeah. The lady, uh, Joycelyn, uh, Corbett that I had on last mm -hmm. night, Melissa, if you watch her interview, she did too. And, uh, she had surgery and hers actually shrinked. And Matthew Lemsky, I'm going to have on Monday night. Uh, he had one of the largest uh, shrinks they had ever found. It was from the top of his neck all the way down the middle of his spine. And uh, that's a long story. I won't tell you that now, but I'll let him tell that on Monday night because I don't want anybody to be scared. He's okay now, but he'll tell you that whole story on Monday night. But, uh, yeah, but they can be, you know, uh, shrunk, and sometimes they just watch them, too, and depends. Mm -hmm know where they're at and stuff um oh Anne marie said she said i do too i just thought it was a southern thing maybe it is a southern thing we're all southern girls <laughs> <laughs> maybe we think it's kiari maybe it's just being a southern girl uh Anne marie said it should pray for you so i won't keep you i know you're probably getting tired and uh is there anything else you want to add to your story that you feel you want to add tonight before we end um, just to be praying for answers, because I'm hoping to get answers next week, and I have no idea what that's going to bring for me. I know I have to have another surgery. I just don't know to what extent, um, and I'm really nervous about it, so, yeah. <laughs> for you. I'd definitely be keeping you in prayer. We'll be talking every day. And what day yes. is your appointment next week? Friday, so a week from today. So it's for the 20th, Friday the mm -hmm. 20th. Okay. Yep. I'll keep you in prayer. Also, uh, the Voice of Hope tribe, uh, you have to request to join that. I'm going to start going in there, and I'm going to be going in there like once a week or once a month or so, and that's going to be like a prayer uh, group and where everybody wants to come in there, and then we pray in agreement, you know, ever so often. So uh, I thought I'd let you know that, too, in case you wanted to join it. And, and I'm awesome. working on getting uh, with Carrie Weekly. She's coming on next week. Uh, Shannon said prayers. She'll be praying on it. Sending it up to the big guy. 
uh, Wendy's <laughs> prayers on your way. Anna said she's lifting you up in prayer for healing. And, and thank uh, you. That's oh, Nakila McQueen. Thank you for joining us tonight. Melissa said prayers to you also. So we'll be keeping you in prayer. And uh, yes, Anne Marie, uh, just go to the Voice of Hope tribe. And I've not been in there in a while. I apologize. Anybody who wants to join it, it's a closed group, but you can uh, request to join, and then I'll uh, post in there when I'm going to come in, and we will. I'll take prayer requests, and uh, we'll just uh, pray, you know, once or twice a month, because I get so many people call me to pray with them. Uh, they fast for it, and I'm going to create also uh, with Carrie Weekly. We talked about a Zoom room where we have uh, a group of us. And it, it'll be kind of private, like 15, 20 of us. We can get together and just, you know, have a night to chat, you know, and just uh, support each other, you know. And we'll see everybody, you know. It won't be on screen like this. Everybody will see each other. We're going to do it on Zoom. So the I'll Zooms are awesome. Do you know how to do the Zooms? Yes, I do. They're awesome for talking with groups of people. Oh, cool. So, uh if you're interested in joining that, we're going to, I'll probably do it by the end of the month. Uh, I'm going to carry weekly next week's going to be the, uh, my guest. She's here locally. She's not, uh, only about 40 minutes from me. Um, but we were talking about, it. she's going to help me with it because it's hard to do the voice of hope and do the voice of hope tribe and do all. So she's going to kind of help me with it. And then, uh, to where everybody, cause I was trying to form one here locally but there's many people, you know, that doesn't live here locally. And so we could have a support group and we could all meet like once a month or something and, you know, just see how everybody's doing, you know, and, and see everybody's face and everything. So, but awesome. uh, uh, I don't know how you have to, oh, I'll teach you, Anne Marie. I'll teach you. You know, I'll teach you. Uh, <laughs> yes, Shannon, it's called the Voice of Hope Tribe. If you just type in the Voice of Hope Tribe. Uh, oh, Anne-Marie says, I love that. No, we don't have a local support group. You know, Anne-Marie, you could start one. That's what I was going to say, too. I mentioned the first of this week that I recommend if you don't have a support group in your area, even if, uh, I don't know about Tennessee, uh, but Florida, you could type in Florida Chiari Malformation Group. And we have a Florida Chiari Malformation Group. If you don't have one for Tennessee, you can create a Tennessee Chiari Malformation Group. Uh, you mm -hmm. girls from Tennessee could get together and, you know, both be admins or something. And you can have a support group within your state, you know, if you didn't want to meet locally. Uh, so just a suggestion. I thought I would mention that case you guys were interested in doing that but we'll end tonight uh oh you're from alabama well welcome um uh, nakila i hope i'm pronouncing your name right welcome i'm glad you joined us tonight uh allison gives she has kiari malformation and eds and she was telling us her story and uh oh nashville and jacksonville have one tennessee Okay, they have support groups. Okay, cool. Uh, well, I have learned.
learned so much from you tonight, and I know you're probably tired, and I will let you go. (laughs) And thank you for sharing all your information, and we'll definitely talk more, and uh, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so, so, so much for giving me the opportunity to share my story with everybody. Oh, you're welcome. Thank (laughs) you. And also, I wanted to mention that Carrie is... uh, Got her story on Chasing the Cure, right? That I do, yes. Um, I forgot to mention that, yeah. Allison, um, I called you Carrie. I, I know what you meant. <laughs> you got, you know but, my language, okay. Yeah, but yes, um, my case is on their website. Um, it's kind of hard to find, so I'd have to send you like the actual direct link to it. But it's people can go in there and comment and ask questions and stuff, too. Um, There's actually several people in the support group that I'm on on Facebook Uh that their their stories and cases are also up there. So Uh and they have Kiari and EDS and different things, too. So it's really cool that many of us are getting our stories up there for people to see. Um, because it's definitely raising more awareness. And I already know on the actual TV show, because the website and the TV show are a little bit different, but the actual TV show, they've actually talked about Ehlers-Danlos, and they have talked about Kiari malformation. Oh, wow. So, yes, which is huge, because a lot of people are watching that show globally and hearing the names now, where before you would never hear that. So, it's awesome. Wow, that is so cool. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, go on there and uh, follow her. Uh, I think you're under Tiny Dancer, right? Isn't that Yeah. And uh, you'll see her story. It says Tiny Dancer. I think it starts out EDS and tells her symptoms, and that's Allison Gibbs. And if you are on her uh, uh, friend request, you have it on your uh, timeline too, right? It is, yeah. So, and you can uh, go check it out there and follow her. The more follows she gets, the don't that put you up higher to maybe them uh, noticing? Yeah. Yeah, the more follows I get and the more comments and stuff means the more people get to see it because the more people are interested in following my story. Oh, so. okay. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know the comments, too. That's a good thing to bring up. Okay, well, we will end tonight. I won't keep you all night long. We probably could talk all night long. <laughs> we could. <laughs> I know we could. We'll talk more, though. So okay. thank you guys all for joining. Emery, all you other ladies, thank you so much, Wendy. And just as I always end the show, as I always tell everybody, if no one has told you today, you are so loved. And do what we're doing and get out there and spread some hope to someone. I challenge everyone this month to be a voice of hope to someone. You don't have to come on and tell your story like Allison and all the other uh, people that's come on, but I challenge you to be a voice of hope in your community or maybe just at your neighborhood. So get out there and be a voice of hope to whoever's around you. So until Monday, I'll see you next time. Thank you, Allison. Thank you. Good night. Bye. And they are inside your head You got a voice that sounds You won't get past this one You won't win your freedom 